I'm Chief Cheryl Victorian. This is Waco PD on the beat. Whether it's crime or just getting to know the Waco Police Department, we're here to talk about things that matter most to you. Hello, hello, and welcome to Waco PD on the Beat. I'm Sierra Shipley, your public information officer for the Waco Police Department. And I'm Officer AJ Smith, the Crime Stoppers Coordinator for McLennan County. And thanks for joining us on this week's episode. We have Commander Jared Wallace with us, and we're here to talk about a really big, important topic that Chief Victorian has almost put at the forefront of a lot of her work, which is relational policing, community policing, People have probably heard those words. They're not uh, stra- strange words to our new vocabulary here at the police department. Uh, so before we get into that, though, Commander Wallace, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. And we first, we want to talk about you just a little bit, how you got into police work, your you know, career here at the department. Uh, where did it all begin? Well, you know, it's kind of funny because... We're talking about relational policing. That's really what brought me into policing to begin with. Uh, When I was seven years old, my little league coach and my Sunday school teacher was Chief of Police Carol Duke from Gatesville, Texas. And he was such a strong influence on my life as as my coach and Bible study teacher that I just looked up to him so much. And I thought, wow, I want to be just like him when I grow up one day. And... Um, that, that really put the focus on the police career as a profession in my heart and in my mind from that early age, because he was such a fine man, a leader in the community, and just a genuinely a good person. And, um, I, that, that's what brought me into policing when I was seven years old. That's awesome. <laughs> that is great. And so how long, well, when did you start your career? Well, I didn't start at seven, but... Uh, <laughs> they didn't let you into the academy <laughs> no, then? But I did get in as early as I could. I started when I was 21, which is the age that you have to be as a police officer to, to be certified in the state of Texas. And um, I, be, I started with the Waco Police Department at, at 21. Um, it's been 32 years. Oh, I'm sorry, 31 years <laughs> this month. Okay. So... Uh, Congrats. And... And I've been at Waco PD the whole time, and I've absolutely loved it. Yeah, and so just like, you know, we've had other officers here before to kind of explain what their journey was through the department. We know that you started out as a patrol officer. Clearly, you are a commander now, so you've kind of gone through the ranks, so to speak, to get to the uh, point where you're at now. But explain what uh, you're the commander over. There's a, a community outreach division. Or That's what, right. Right, okay. Um, so, so my unit, my, my command is a community services division, and that encompasses our neighborhood engagement team that was just formed at the beginning of this year, our community outreach unit, which Officer Smith is uh, thankfully a part of, <laughs> and our SAFE unit. Um, and those three units are really the outwardly focused units uh, focused on building relationships, uh, crime reduction uh, prevention, and uh, and problem solving within the department. Yeah. And for those that don't know, do you get to pick where you command, or do, do you get a place there, or was this, if you do get placed there, is this maybe a position that you wanted to be in? Well, this is, at, at the commander level, uh, we all uh, receive our assignments from the chief directly. 
So this is, this is the first, le- first level at the police department where we don't have any control over our career anymore. And I was fortunate enough to be assigned this command. And quite frankly, I feel like I was tailor-made for it because the majority of my career I spent focused on uh, problem-solving and engagement. Back in the 90s, I was one of the original neighborhood policing officers back when we had the Clinton 13 grant and we were uh, working with the neighborhood associations, focused on problem solving, uh, really, really focused on community relations. And from that point on, my career really focused on problem solving and and working with uh, businesses and community partners here in Waco that was focused on um, creating partnerships to reduce crime in our community. So it was a great it was a great position for me because I felt like I was very experienced at it. It wasn't anything new. And under Chief Victorian and our city council, suddenly I had more uh, more units at my disposal to to perform that function with. Yeah. And I know your history. So for the people that are listening and may not. Um, you were talking about how you were involved with some of the prog- programs in the 90s, but you were also a part of SEPTED or crime prevention through environmental design. And that's something that I think all three of the units were all going through that training or have been through it. And then uh, prior to promoting, you were also pretty involved in this area too, right? <laughs> yes, I was. So um, it took me a while to promote to command because I was enjoying my position. I was formerly the sergeant of the SAFE unit, and um, that was – my, my first real large supervision uh, opportunity, and I, I loved it so much I stayed with it for 20 years. Uh, we were really focused, like AJ says, on uh, crime prevention through environmental design. The SAFE unit at Waco Police Department has been credited with bringing crime prevention through environmental design to Texas in a manner that was not focused on SEPTED uh, for school campuses. And, and really looking at how the built environment could impact um, crime and social order issues, whether it's apartment communities, hotels, convenience stores, uh, you name it. Uh, we we kind of we broke that out and looked at it, that philosophy in a different manner, and, and started applying it in other areas of our city. And it was really beneficial. And now with, uh, with the successful... Uh, effects and impacts of SEPTED, it's become more of a, a natural thing for policing in Texas. And now all three of our, our units in my command are going through the training. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Now, you said in the beginning that you kind of got into this seven years old with that relational policing aspect. You probably didn't know a word for it then, though, or there wasn't really the term relational policing. Th- this term, I feel like, has, has been brought up more recently in the past few years. So explain what relational policing is. Well, relational policing, you're right, Sierra, it it is kind of a new term on an an old way of doing business. Um, It's a a philosophy that means that uh, we focus on every contact with our, our community, whether it's a traffic stop, all the way to an investigation, to um, an outreach opportunity and engagement opportunity with a neighborhood association meeting uh, or an event focused on children. Um, Every contact that we have with the public is an opportunity for us 
to build a relationship with our community. And that's really important now in, in policing in America because um, for the last 20 years, unfortunately, we have kind of separated ourselves from the community because we were focused on um, providing, providing a service that was focused on after 9-11, after um, the, the, the advent of you know, school shootings and things of that nature, where we became more tactical in our response, more focused on speed and effectiveness, less focused on the relationships that we had with the community and spending time with our community and being part of our community. Mm-hmm. And there's probably, you guys have heard our chief speak about this before, is the word TREAT. Yes, so TREAT is a very important acronym that Chief Victorian brought with her from Houston. Mm-hmm. And we have really, uh, really dove into what this acronym means and how it, how it impacts us here at Waco PD. So the acronym TREAT uh, stands for transparency, respect, engagement, emotional, account- uh, emotional capital, sorry, and accountability. And with those things, if we perform that well at the police department, we build trust within our community, trust that, that, um, that the community has for us in perform- the performance of our duties and our, where we are in the community, what, what, our, what our responsibility is, how we partner with our community, and uh, what our role is. So it's not... Uh, and that is not a role of uh, being an occupier, but truly being a part and a fabric of our community, the same as it was back in the 1920s and 30s and 40s before the professional policing, the advent of uh, a police radio, and certainly before 911 started ruling our world in policing. Back when the beat officer walked his area, and knew everybody on the block by name, knew the businesses, knew the patterns, and had an actual individual relationship with everyone in his community. We're trying to get back to the, the good parts of those days and, and, and create an opportunity where we have positive experiences with our community so that they don't just see us when things have gone wrong in their lives. And I think you spoke about this, too, is, you know, this is when we make a traffic stop. This is when we get called to other incidents that happen around Waco. This is when our officers just go and visit schools. So it's every officer that is working on this relational policing, this community policing. It's not just one. I know we've, we talk about the net unit a lot, and we talk about community outreach and what those group of officers might do every day, and they might be the leaders of this, but it's something that trickles down throughout the department and that all of our officers are taking part in. Oh, absolutely. So if you just look at the acronym of TREAT and think, okay, how can that be applied in a traffic stop, for instance? Well, transparency, respect, engagement, emotional, accountable, uh, emotional capital, and accountability. First of all, when, when we make a traffic stop, um, as the officer makes contact with the driver, we can be transparent about why we made that traffic stop to let people know exactly what occurred. A lot of times, uh, a driver may not know what violation they, 
they committed. If we work through our 12-point contact and, and, and introduce ourselves, I'm Commander Wallace with the Waco Police Department. Um, I pulled you over today because you ran a stop sign. That immediately gives purpose to what we're doing here. We're transparent about the purpose of, of our contact. Um, as the traffic stop continues, if we're treating people with respect and um, basically using the golden rule, treating somebody as you would hope to be treated yourself by showing them respect through the traffic stop, um, we, we, uh, we are continuing to build on, on that relationship. Engagement, obviously, that's kind of a negative engagement, right? A lot of times, that's the only time that our, our community comes in contact with one of our police officers. But if we're engaged and we're doing it in a manner that's professional, and we're, we're, we're presenting ourselves as a fine re representative of the city of Waco and the police department, and we en engage them uh, with brief conversation as we, as we work this traffic stop, find out perhaps there's a reason why that... Uh, that person ran the stop sign. Um, and, if we, and, and we build emotional capital based off of that. If, if, if there's valid emotional capital to be built off of that, um, then, then, of course, that's beneficial in building the relationship. And last of all is being accountable, not just holding the, the public accountable, but holding ourselves accountable and being accountable to the public as well. Um, you know, what's, what's odd um, as, as that builds out treat, what, what's really odd is most people will tell you uh, the negative contacts that they have in their mind on a traffic stop wasn't because of what they did wrong. Most of the time, they'll accept that they committed a traffic violation. Sure. But the negative contacts that last in their mind is when an officer fails to treat them with respect, fails uh, to, to be professional. In their, in their contact, in their communications with the individual. So that's how uh, TREAT and relational policing can build off of something as simple as a, a regular traffic stop for a, a stop sign. But it, it goes much broader than that. Like right. you said, it, that, that emotional engagement, uh, emotion, building emotional capital where we look for positive opportunities to engage with our community create those situations where kids and police officers and community members and police officers can have fun together and do something positive with each other, that is really beneficial to the relationship between the public and the police. And so does relational policing, does that give any kind of different meaning or does it, do you have a different context to you personally as, as an officer and commander here at the police department? It. It really validates everything that I've done in my career, honestly. I mean, even nine years of SWAT, um, making entries in dangerous situations. You know, at Waco PD, we, we focused on treating people with respect, saying what we mean, being intentional and telling people what we're doing and why so that we reduce the stress of that situation and, and allow them to process what's happening um, and, and – and create that a positive, um, create a situation of, of compliance and understanding and safety uh, in a very stressful environment. So um, 
really for me, it, 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 it's being, being respectful to everybody and understanding the benefits of, of that uh, relationship that we're building by treating people with respect. I would say that I've noticed, and, you know, you're talking about how these bad traffic stops can leave a sour taste in someone's mouth. I've said it a couple times on here. I used to get pulled over a lot for speeding. And I respected most of the officers for the profession that they were in, but that person was the biggest jerk I've ever dealt with, and I hated police, and I never wanted anything to do with them outside of that 15-minute encounter. So, like, now that I'm an officer and I know that I don't have to do that and be that way, I think that's something that Waco has been doing for a while because our community seems to really support us. And I think it's because we've been applying these principles without knowing we're applying these principles. And now we're just being more like targeted with it. Like instead of if it happens, we're, we're making it our objective to have neighborhood engagement officers or myself and Sophie just go out and promote and have these positive encounters right off the bat instead of hoping it works out on a traffic stop or as you're, you know, working through a barricaded suspect um, and just trying to have that transparency. It's, we're, it's like we're, we're targeted. We're intentional about what we're doing now, as opposed to if it happens, we're, we're making it our objective, which is awesome. Absolutely. AJ, you hit it right on the head. Um, What chief Victorian did was validate how we police here in Waco by bringing the acronym treat to Waco and focusing on relational policing. Um, it, it really ex- explained to the community who we are. And, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, that, that old saying, it's not the Jimmies and Joes you know, it's those you don't that you fear. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, over the course of the last eight years, there's been a lot of turmoil in policing mm-hmm. in America, right? Yeah. Um, but if you look at what happened in Waco, we, we've been kind of, thankfully, knock on wood, with, with blessings um, that we've, we've, we've had. Our relationships are different in our community. You know, there, there has, we haven't had that type of activity um, by the police, um, you know, creating really bad, high-profile negative con- contacts with the community. Mm-hmm. And uh, our, our community has... While, while being totally aware of how bad that was in those communities and how wrong that is, has really looked at Waco PD and how we police here in Waco is saying, well, that's not us. You know, We haven't had the violent protests, the violent encounters like there has been in other communities. And I think that has a lot to do with the relationships that we have in our community. Uh, we, we certainly have people that are very aware of, of um, you know, how policing and law enforcement and the criminal justice system has impacted um, minority members of our community. And uh, we have that in our department and we have that in our community. And um, we, we're all striving to do a better job, but we're recognizing that there, there has been good jo- a, a good job here in Waco. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and like we said, it's about building that trust with community and department, but also that trust goes hand in hand. Our department has to trust the community and our community has to trust the department. And we may have been doing that all these years, establishing the relational policing and the trust and 
like you said, our community has seen the differences in departments around the nation compared to ours, but it's important to keep that trust. Just because we've established it doesn't mean we can't sit back and let it go. That's exactly right. So so it's it's really a situation where every contact that we have with the community is important to continue to build trust uh, because we all know that not there, there's there will be times in our profession where uh, we will have to take action that uh, will be looked neg- negatively upon whether the officer did the right thing or whether the officer made a mistake uh, the uh, the optics of the situation were could be bad because we are dealing with people. We're dealing with people's lives. There will be negative encounters that are violent between police and the public. And the the more positive investments we can make in building our relationship with the community, the better off we are. are. The, the, The more we can have in the community's bank of trust, so to speak, because we know that just by the very nature of, of, policing in our profession and and our duties that are incumbent that are incumbent upon us to to provide to the public we're going to make some withdrawals at time either by mistake or by by validated police actions that that were necessary at the time there will be withdrawals and so in those times of withdrawals if we built up enough respect and enough trust in our uh, from our community we we can work through that it's easier it, it's easier for the community and for the department to understand why that reasoning was that was taken that's exactly right yeah. exactly right it's like they know our history they know, we've got a relationship with them most likely because they've had a positive encounter and they're like they know potentially a little bit more of who we are and helps them to understand like yes you who we are, the way you said that is so perfect. Because when we think about it, relationships aren't built by corporations or entities, right? Relations are right. relationships are built by people, one on one, people, groups of people. But it's about people. It's a, and it's it's about recognizing that we're all humans here, with with our frailties and our desires and our goals and and, and uh, our faiths, we all have families, we all, we all have loved ones, we all have stress points, we all have good things happen in our lives, we have bad things happen in our lives. That also, you know, not only this, do, do people in society have those things, but we as police officers do as well. We're people too. Behind the badge um, means we're individuals behind it, right? Right, That's why right. we're doing this. That's the purpose of our, our podcast here, right? Um, so, um, so it, it goes back to something that I'm a bit of a historian, so I'm going to quote something that, uh, was actually written back in 1829 by Sir Robert Peel, okay. who is the, considered the, the founding father of modern policing, if you can imagine modern being 1829. In 1820, yeah. But Sir Robert Peel said the police, um, we should always remember that the public, the police are the public, 
and the public or the police. The only thing that separates us is that is different is police are uh, members of the public who are paid full time to uh, take action and be responsible for actions that are incumbent upon everyone in the community for uh, the safety and welfare of the community. So that's totally ad lib there. Uh, not exactly what Sir Robert might not be. Not, might not have been word for word. Don't quote him on it, but <laughs> good guideline. Exactly. Good guideline. <laughs> the police are the public, and the public are the police. Right. Uh, we get our authority to police from the public, so we have to have a strong relationship with them, and that's what Chief Victorian. Um, she, she, she branded it. She, right. she, she labeled it, and she gave us framework to do that with. And I think sometimes it's good to have those labels because it helps the community understand what we're doing every day, what we're striving for, what, we, what we've been striving for. And, and even it might even help our officers as well, knowing that, oh, OK, this is what that means. This is what that is. And it kind of when you put a name to it, it's almost easier to to get to, to work with it and, and do it every day. That and to me, like putting a name with it, branding it like you said she did, um, now people know what to expect from us. Like we've got that standard that we have to meet or exceed where, um, you know, if, if we're not treating people with respect, like call them and let somebody know, like that supervisor of that person needs to know that, that person's not treating you with respect. It may be a, a one-off thing where they're, they're having a bad day or it could be something that needs to get looked into. But um, if, if you're expecting transparency then we're going to be transparent with you. If you're expecting uh, respect, we're going to be respectful with you. And if you're expecting that positive engagement, we'll make it as positive as we can. We know that nobody calls 911 for a positive thing, but you know we'll try to make it as less bad as we can in, if, in the case that we can. Um, and then just the emotional accountability or emotional capital and accountability, you know, hold us accountable because uh, you know everyone is to be held accountable to the laws. So we're, we're not above it. And if you're not holding us accountable, who will? <laughs> that, that's right. So accountability goes both ways. You know, we, 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 we need to be accountable to the public in our actions and deeds, just like you know, we are expected as a profession to hold the public accountable for their misdeeds. So... So being transparent about our complaint process, being transparent about what our policies are, are parts of relational policing and being, uh, building that trust with our, within our community. Uh, here at Waco PD, uh, we have been audited um, multiple times on our complaint process. I'm sure we'll continue to be audited by the public in the future on our right. complaint process. And, you know, 31 years is a long time. I have, I have yet to recall, I cannot recall a single situation where an audit has turned up that uh, an employee or supervisor has um, failed to follow our policy uh, on, on our complaint process. Um, accountability is something that, that, that is important, you know, um, but it, but it's also something that's two ways, like you mentioned, and 
and those are those are some of the ways that we uh, we're accountable to our public. And something else that we've done, and you know, it, it goes past the everyday encounters. It goes past the the normal work that our net unit does and that our community outreach unit does. But as the community services division commander, uh, our chief has put a lot of different events that we've done in the last year uh, to to help with that community and department relationship, um, things like the back to school bash, trunk or treat, crime prevention summit. How do those help with the relational policing? Well, first of all, it, it's been really cool because we've never had these opportunities before. And um, not saying it, the, the vision that Chief Victorian has is so big. It, it, it blows us away, <laughs> right? Right. It's amazing because we, we, uh, we, we have these opportunities to connect with kids and connect with families in our communities that we don't normally get to see. It's not just that we don't get to see them or we only see them on negative circumstances. We're getting to connect with people that we never get to see right, through because, these events. I mean, these events, these people are coming through, not even just in Waco, but the surrounding cities as well. That's right. And, and these events are a lot of fun for us. First of all, we know there's not a lot of positive contacts because people don't call the police, you know, to to give us prizes for, you know, best best looking police car or anything like that. They call us because there's there's a purpose right. for mm-hmm. what's happening. Um, so when when we hold these events where we can get out and connect with the the community, play basketball with the kids, dance with the kids, um, you know, set them up for a big event in their life, like 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 going back to school. You know, connecting them, making sure that they have everything in, in in a backpack for them to succeed and do well in school. Giving them haircuts, um, just having fun with them, and it it that that's a very positive experience for everybody involved. I look back on when I was seven and the the contact I had with uh, Chief Duke from Gatesville PD, and I think, wow, you know, we we had opportunities to have an impact like that on children's lives and, and that's very powerful right right uh, this become I feel it's very full circle moment for you being the interaction right. at seven and then it kind of goes back to the rela- relational policing and now it's such you know the forefront of a lot of our work was it was there ever a huge light bulb that went off in your head at some point when it was when, when you thought oh my gosh this is relational police this is this is what got me here into this world of law enforcement, and now this is what I'm doing, and I've continued it, and I didn't even know. Hmm, that's an interesting question. I, you know, I, I look back on it. I've had a lot of different experiences in, in my career, and um, I, I, th- I think one of the proudest moments I had kind of deals with that, is, and, and, and that was um, back in the 90s, we... I was, I was an actual bicycle patrol officer. Patrolled oh, wow. Kate Ross, South Terrace, Estella Maxi, uh, our fully subsidized housing developments on bike. And um, we had, we had my partner and I had just addressed a drug deal uh, and, and, and made, made some arrests and gotten back from taking the, the violator to jail 
and we had a substation in Kate Ross, and it was in one of the it was one of the the buildings that you know every, all the other units in the the building were were people that lived there, and um, the the upstairs neighbor, Mrs. Bell, knocked on our, our door shortly after getting back to our substation to make our report, and she had made us sandwiches oh. and had a, had had a, a pie for us. Yum. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Yeah. And, you know, uh, and, and was just there to, to, to thank us and uh, was, was appreciative for what we did. And, and that really connected to me. Like, this is the right thing. I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be. Right. You know, this is, this is how we're supposed to police because we were part of the community. And even though we, you know, we, we arrested somebody we, we had a negative contact, negative influence on somebody's life there. Somebody went to jail that night, mm-hmm. you know, that affected not only that person but family members as well. The community was thankful for it. And Ms. Bell was kind of the, the point person showing that thanks, and that, and that felt good. Right. That is great. Like, infield training, somebody told me that I was going to get thanked for writing a ticket or taking someone to jail and I was like, you're crazy. Like, nobody's going to thank me for writing a ticket, so I'm just going to write a bunch of warnings. But I've had people thank me. Like, they've gotten a ticket, and they're like, hey, thank you. I'm, I'm sorry I did that. And I'm like, all right, maybe they weren't so crazy. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I was staffing, and I took somebody to jail, and they're like, hey, man, like, thank you. And I'm like, for what? Like, you're going to jail, dude. And he's like, no, like, I've been arrested before, and it wasn't this pleasant of an experience. And I'm like, I feel like that's a two-way street, but just the fact that he, like, thanked me for that was, like, such a humbling and wonderful opportunity and experience. Like, I feel like, you know, that's not anything I did. I just, well, I showed up to job, work. But it, it's something yeah. that it came, like, it goes back to the relational policing. It came so naturally to you that you weren't even realizing you were following that TREAT acronym, and a, you made an impact, and... You got thanked for sending someone to jail. Yeah. I, and on top of that, AJ, this that, that person would probably feel comfortable having you contact them in his life in a future day. He may not want to go back to jail again, so, but he be, he'll he'll believe that uh, you are a, a police officer that treats him with respect and um, do, it's not a personal what action you take as a police officer is not a personal thing. That's business. But you as yes. a man, man to man, y'all have a relationship of respect and, and trust. You built trust with that. And person. I actually invited him to come to the police station. I was like, hey, man, when you get out, you come to the police station. Here's my card. Give me a call, and I'll give you a tour of our museum. He's like, you guys have a museum? <laughs> so uh, if he's listening to this, I hope he will call me finally because like, I would love to give someone a tour of the police station that, you know, didn't know we had one. Or, you know, just those little things, those little moments that I think are what is so unique about Waco. And, I mean, that's thanks to the people that were here before me and hopefully the people here after me keep doing the same stuff because it, it makes a difference in our community. I mean, I've, I felt like it did that day. <laughs> it does. It makes a makes a difference in our community, but it also makes a difference in, in our job and our profession as well. Yeah. Right. Uh, because the consequence of being opposite of that, mm-hmm. 
also has an impact. We can recognize. Absolutely. I'm sure our, I, I can think of times before I was a police officer uh, where I've had a negative re, re, a, action or a negative uh, contact with a police officer where I walked away thinking, man, maybe I did wrong, but he didn't have to treat me that way, mm-hmm. you yes. know? And and so that had an impact on me, but but the opposite is, is true as well. When, when you treat people with the golden they tend to treat you with respect and follow the golden rule as well, right? Absolutely. Yes. It probably makes them think twice a little bit too because I'm sure the, the traffic violation, maybe someone doesn't realize they're speeding or maybe they didn't see that stop sign. But if we're going to go to jail for something, you probably knew you were doing something you weren't supposed to. So it makes them think twice and say, wow, that person was really nice and Maybe it got me out of a bad situation, and maybe they think about what they did and turn their life around. That's exactly right. And so cops have war stories, right? We all have war stories that, that we like to tell. And, you know, with relational policing, I'll, I'll tell you one now that, that had an impact um, on me. We, so my partner and I interrupted a, another drug deal. Won't say what side of town or anything because I don't want I don't want you know to, to create any kind of uh, thoughts about right. particular areas. But but my partner and I interrupted a drug drug deal, and uh, these were drug dealers that that we dealt with on a regular basis. They they were gang members um, and people that you would think opposite of policing. They're not you know they're they. Mm-hmm. My job is completely opposite of what they believed their job was. Well, uh, whenever you're able to get upon somebody quickly, you you you're you're able to make contact with them uh, just as the fight, flight, freeze response kicks in. We call it the lizard right. brain. They're not <laughs> thinking like humans. They're thinking mm-hmm. like lizards. And uh, in this situation, uh, through good policing, we were able to get get to them, uh, and I was able to lay my hands and try to effect an arrest on the drug dealer before he could respond to what was going on. His immediate response was to fight. Um, well, uh, there was, he had a, a pit bull. Oh, no. Yeah. So my lizard brain was focused on catching the bad guy, not the pit bull. Right. Yeah. Uh, but there were other, there were other um, people there, people that I had arrested before, as as me and this guy were were wrestling, I'm trying to to put handcuffs on him. He's trying to fight me and get away. His dog came at us, and fortunately, one of the guys that I had arrested previously grabbed the chain so that oh. he couldn't get to us and um, held him back. So that and and this started telling the guy, "Look, man, you're in the wrong." <laughs> Give in. <laughs> yeah. And so we were able to affect yeah. the arrest. And, wow. You know, had I not treated that man with respect, I'd probably have scars on my body from that pit bull right now. Oh, he'd have you jumped know? in on it probably. Yeah, could have. He's not so, going to know. So there, there, wow. there are benefits yeah. to this. There are personal uh, officer safety benefits to it mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And it's just relational policing. Right. You know? Be, treating people with respect being transparent as to what we're doing, why we're doing it, mm-hmm. 
uh, what we're about to do. Um, being engaged with our community, um, giving them voice in how we police their community, and uh, having that emotional capital, celebrating wins, you know, being empathetic when when there's when there's loss, uh, and and you know, being accountable to our community. Now, in your 31, almost 32, well, maybe 30, almost 31, what was it again? 30? 31. 31. Sorry, 30, almost 31. 30, almost 31. Okay, sounds good. That's okay. We can tack on another year. You'll still be here. <laughs> We're just preemptively. <laughs> but in, in, those, in those three decades, basically, uh, law enforcement has changed, I'm sure, tremendously since when you started. So what are you most excited for for the future of law enforcement? You've watched this move along, so what are you excited for in the next thirty years? Well, yeah, I, so I'm a I'm I'm a glasses half full kind of guy. So I, there's a lot of things I'm excited for. I I'm I'm excited about the relationships that we build with the children here in Waco, watching that progress over time, seeing how that impacts youth crime and youth social disorder. I do believe that it'll have a positive effect on it, and I'm 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 very excited about the relationships that we're building with the behavioral health organizations that f- people that are focused on uh, providing behavioral health services, addiction services here in, in in Waco and Central Texas, and how we can utilize their skill sets, their knowledge their abilities and build relationships with them so that uh, we aren't trying or we aren't having to arrest our way out of a lot of social order issues that are more more caused by behavioral health issues or addictions rather than intent to commit crimes. Um, Obviously you have to people when people commit crimes, they have to go to jail, but there's a lot of behavioral health issues that are their social order issues that the community calls us to address, especially after five o'clock when no other social service organization is available. Mm -hmm. Um, It would, I I can't wait to see how that relationship builds and and supports and reduces the amount of time we as police officers have to spend addressing uh, uh, suicide and, and, schizophrenia and, uh, and issues of that nature that are happening in our public, on our streets, in our, you know, in our neighborhoods right. on a regular basis. Um, but we're being called upon mm-hmm. when if we could, if we can build those relationships and have guardians in our community that are focused on those things, uh, supporting us from, from the get go, boy, that could have a real impact. Very good. Anything else you'd like to say or touch on about relational policing? Anything at all? Well, I, I want to say that the events that we have ongoing, and a lot of them are annual events. So right now, this this week, we're having our, our Women in Policing Summit, where we're other women from women from other agencies are joining mm-hmm. our females at, at Waco PD, our female officers and, and staff members, and to, to focus on how they can grow and, and continue in a career in law enforcement. Our annual back-to-school bash, our 
Trunk or Treat, our Blue Santa program that, that, that we're putting together, um, our Crime Prevention Summit that we just did two months yeah. ago. These, these events are growing, and they will be regular fixtures for us at Waco PD. And I'm really excited and hope that they become regular fixtures in our community. And, and I think those positive contacts, uh, the relationships that we build off of, off of those activities with our, our community are really going to help us bond and be an even better city. Right, right. And and with our Back to School Bash and our Trunk or Treat, I think those were our two biggest events that we did right off the bat. And you guys showed up. And I just want you all to remember that we can't do those events without you. So we need, even though the community did come out and we might not have been able to service everyone, we so apologize for that. But we still need you guys to come out and hang out with us. That we do. Yeah. In, in fact, uh, Chief Victorian was blown away by the response that the community had and, and how well attended our right. trunk or treat and we're, and we're adjusting to, to this we're, we're, we're adjusting and working and hopefully it, as these events go on we'll get better at this that's it right. was our first one that's right <laughs> yes and she's excited about that we're excited about that we're excited about the numbers the, the mm. how, how these grow from here yeah how we you know we we're expecting one thing and then it was double that that was actually in attendance so now we're prepared for that double and kind of anticipating more than that so yeah we're, we are and it, for the public, it really helps us out too. Right. We were, you know, we're trying to provide a service to the public, but, but I understand that it fills our heart as individuals. We get a lot out of this too, and we need y'all uh, to come join us for these events. Absolutely. It's very powerful for us to know that we're supported and that collectively we're doing good with our community. Yes. Well, Commander Wallace, thank you so very much for joining us here on Waco PD on the Beat. I'm Sierra Shipley, the Public Information Officer. And I'm Officer AJ Smith, the Crime Stoppers Coordinator. See you later, Waco. Till next time. Waco PD on the Beat, the heartbeat serving. You.